Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors suffered their second loss of the season, uh, losing to the shorthanded New Orleans Pelicans who didn't even have Nikola Meritage, who is uh, an all-time Raptor killer, and uh, Alfred Payton, who, you know, is whatever, but, you know, he he's actually starts with this team and stuff. So uh, you would have figured that this would have been somewhat of an easy win, but no, the Pelicans came into Toronto and just flat-out kicked the Raptors' ass from start to finish. I mean, the Pelicans won every single quarter, uh, not by too much, but uh, basically just held the Raptors at... <clears throat> held the Raptors at arm's length for the entire game, uh, you know, eventually winning by a score of 126 to 110. Um, I think, actually, losses like this are way more productive than, uh, you know, when the Raptors just win every game because, you know, traditionally, you're not going to learn too much about wins. It's just, okay, this guy's hot, this guy's playing well, whatever, right? Like, when losses, that's when you start to see where the cracks in this team are, and I think, this was a night where the Raptors, I mean, you could say what you want about, um, you know, the Pelicans being hot, and they were really hot. I mean, towards the end of the game, it was like Drew Holiday pulling up for three, swishing everything, Etwan Moore pulling up for three, swishing everything, Etwan Moore spinning and going to the rim, scoring. I mean, Etwan Moore had 30 points, man. This is crazy. But he's just like a career seven points per game kind of guy. Um, you know, just, <laughs> but um i think it does reveal some weaknesses so I, I let's let's rattle them off i think for one there is a downside to the way the raptors play defense which i have to say the raptors have been very effective defensively all year they've had some weaknesses in terms of defensive rebounding uh and in terms of um you know i would say giving up a little bit too many free throws but honestly like that wasn't really even an issue tonight but the, the thing is the, the way the raptors play defense is generally they want to hound the ball handler at the three-point line and then they want to funnel guards to drive into their bigs and kind of rely on their bigs to defend a little bit two-on-one um although the raptors have generally been really good at um a having the guards recover on the play and get in back into the sequence and also be um you know positioning their bigs such that they're not giving up uh, too much easy offense but i think the pelicans are sort of uniquely equipped to deal with a team like the raptors for one thing they have anthony davis who is just a nightmare to deal with offensively defensively um he is you know a top three player in the nba like this is a truly elite player you know um and yeah, I mean, he just, the, the basic of the Pelicans could run, pick and roll with him every single time down the floor and get a good shot. And that's what happened. The one thing that the Pelicans really succeeded in, in with regard to Holiday, who had 29 points and 14 assists and was just flat out the best player tonight, despite even Data's having a 25 and 20 game. 
um, was that, you know, Holiday is so strong that he's able to keep the defender on his back off the pick and roll. And at that point, it really does become a two-on-one situation where the Raptors couldn't get back into the play and uh, Holiday basically had his way with the Raptors. Uh, he was great finishing around the basket, great in the mid-range, uh, and also just did a good job of finding Davis as well. Um, and, and, of course, if you, if you, you know, you would understand the Raptors being hesitant to leave Davis. I mean, you don't want him to score too much on you, but man, the Raptors just uh, did not have it in terms of perimeter defense. And I also think the same principle applies when, you know, the Pelicans run curl plays. I mean, like that's basically where Moore got most of his points was running off Julius Randle for curls and consistently being able to go downhill. Um, the Raptors, I thought, did a really poor job of, A, pressuring up on Drew Holiday to sort of make the pass tougher when, you know, Drew's at the top of the floor and you have more curling around the screen or whatever. Um, you know, if you know that play is coming, which generally speaking, you know the play is coming, the, the Pelicans only really ran like four plays tonight. Um, you know, you got to be up on Holiday, make that tough pass tougher. But seriously, Moore was able to catch the ball in the middle of the floor, just go to the basket, one, two dribbles. And his finishing tonight was incredible. Like, I mean, the guy had 30 points on 13 of 18 shooting. Like, you know, it was one of those nights. But still, um, I thought the Raptors basically just, they got bullied. And they really looked kind of small, like up and down the roster. I mean, A, the Pelicans got 14 offensive rebounds. Davis by himself got eight. Um, and... You know, in terms of points and pain, the Raptors have been pretty solid in this regard. I think coming into this game, they were top five, allowing about 42 points per game. Or, sorry, 45 or 42, I can't remember. But, you know, top five in points in the paint. Tonight, the Raptors allowed 72 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and, yeah, they, the, the Pelicans just kind of flat out dominated the Raptors. I mean, to be honest, the Raptors had no answer for any of this stuff. Like, they would, and, you know, you got to credit the Pelicans, too, for. Um, keeping their composure and always sort of coming back, uh, you know, responding to every single run the Raptors would make with something of their own. But, um, you know, like, the Pelicans just, I, I don't know. They, I mean, at some point you let a team get the rhythm and you, you really can't get going. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Raptors defensively got a little bit desperate in the fourth quarter. Nick Nurse busted out a all-small ball switch everything lineup with Kyle Lowry, uh, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam, and I thought the results aren't great because, you know, um, the Pelicans just ended up shooting a bunch of threes, and they actually hit a whole bunch of tough threes, but the defensive effort I thought was really solid, and I think it's something the Raptors should invest more in, just to have that look in their back pocket. They haven't had to go to it pretty much at all this season, but there are going to be teams, and there are going to be matchups where you have to be versatile defensively, and I think that's where the Raptors... Um, you know, uh, maybe lacked a bit of experience in that regard because they did have a couple of possessions there where, you know, the smalls were unable to communicate on a, on a, on a switch, on a screen, and, and Davis was able to get free for a lot. But for the most part, I thought that defense was pretty solid. But again, the Pelicans just kept hitting shots and the Raptors couldn't get back into it. But um, so that's one concern. Defensively, that's a concern with the Raptors. I mean, no matter what defensive scheme you're going to play, you're always going to have some weakness. And that's basically the weakness of the Raptors right now. Uh in terms of offensively, the other concern I have is really just Kyle Lowry, who is, I mean, it was more, it was, it really became the case last season, uh, and it hasn't really shown up to be the case this year, because Kyle has gotten some points for the mid-range, gotten some points driving, but when the defense collapses, and they, like, pressure up on Kyle, the three-point line, such that he can't pull up unless it's from, like, 40, um, he can't score, 
right? This is just an issue. This is an issue last year. It was an issue this year. Kyle tonight had four points on one on nine shooting, right? I mean, Drew Holiday basically turned into playoff Damian Lillard tonight. Um, it, it was ugly. It really was ugly. And um, it, this kind of all or nothing kind of feast or famine offense from Kyle is one of the biggest reasons why you got to be a little bit concerned about the Raptors secondary scoring in a tough playoff series, because there are going to be ways where Kyle can be shut down. He is uh, an opportunistic scorer more than anything else. He's not just a guy who can create out of nothing. And, um, you know, the Raptors even got some secondary scoring today. You, you get 19 from Ibaki, you get 22 from Pascal. You're usually good on that. But, um, you know, without Kyle scoring and without Kyle hit, being able to hit outside shots, like that's such a big factor for this team because all of a sudden then the Raptors are really imbalanced. Like they have a lot of guys that want to play in the post, that want to play in the paint, but the Raptors just couldn't hit threes tonight. I mean, the Pelicans kind of realized that early on. They kept swarming the paint and kind of daring the Raptors to shoot. The Raptors couldn't hit threes, got a lot of good looks early in the game, couldn't hit them. And the Pelicans basically decided we're not going to guard a three-point line outside of pressuring up on Kyle. Um, and we're going to see if the Raptors can beat us that way. And the Raptors shot 13 of 45 from three tonight, uh, which is only 29%. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. And uh, that's a concern. I mean, Kyle's all-or-nothing offense is a concern. And also, because they packed a the paint, I mean, they were able to um, really muzzle Kawhi Leonard, who shot... 7 of 20 from the field for 20 points, which isn't that bad, but for a guy who's as efficient as Kawhi normally is, that's a really bad number. Um, You know, Kawhi, I thought, got a little bit of a tough whistle. I think the Raptors overall uh, played in a game where the Pelicans were much more physical. The Pelicans were consistently able to get separation off screens, and they were able to, um, you know, basically play a more physical game, and they're a stronger team than the Raptors. So, I think that benefited them, but regardless, these are going to be situations the Raptors going to you know encounter in the future. So you have to learn from these experiences. And I thought Kawhi was just always seeing double teams. There's a screen cap I put out there where this is a position where all five Pelicans were fo- uh, just completely focused on Kawhi, um, and it's just hard for him to get a shot off in those situations. I think Kawhi has done a good job of kicking it out, and you know he only had two assists tonight, but he he really did create a lot of open looks for people that you know guys like Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, you know. Ibaka really really couldn't hit but still for a guy who um is your number one option you definitely want to make sure that there are different ways to get him looks and I thought tonight the Raptors you know were kind of not that creative I mean the Raptors haven't been that creative in getting quite offense all season it just hasn't been an issue because he's been in the post but um tonight I mean Kawhi was in the post and he was always seeing two defenders and at that point what do you want him to do he either takes a Kobe shot which is how you end up with seven of 20 shooting or you kick out to guys who are cold, and the guys, you know, neither option was particularly ideal. So I think the defensively, that's an issue for the Raptors. And also, I think the three-point shooting really just hasn't uh, gotten going all year. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't great tonight. Um, in terms of positives, I do want to focus on positives. I think there are a couple things to look at. I think one, Pascal, I mean, he gets the first start tonight. 22 points and 8 of 12 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, just named... Um, you know, Eastern Conference Player of the Week uh, continued it today with another efficient outing, and you know, it, the, hitting the threes is always nice. He's been pretty hot in the last two games, although I don't really expect that to sustain itself. Um, but I mean, I, I just like the way he's playing with so much confidence offensively. He's always willing to attack, and he, he's not really turned the ball over very much uh, at all. No turnovers tonight, despite shooting twelve times. Um, and he, he I, I like the confidence. He was taking it to Anthony Davis. He was taking it to Julius Randle. He was taking it to the switches. He was driving in transition. I mean, I love the way Pascal's playing. I, and I thought even defensively, Pascal had some nice moments. Um, he was probably the Raptors' best defender, Him, either him or OG Ananobi, who, another bright spot for the Raptors, probably gets the second start tonight. Um, you know, 
OG has now scored in double digits for four straight games. Tonight he has 17 points and 6 of 13 shooting. 2 of 8 from 3. You would like to see that be better, but he was taking a lot of good shots, and he just you know missed a couple of them. You, that, you, could, you can live with that kind of stuff. You, you want to see process over results, especially early in the season. Um, and, yeah, I, mean, I thought OG was effective defensively. I mean, there's a couple, three steals tonight, um, you know, poked the ball away from Anthony Davis and, and took it in for a dunk. Um, you know, just good defense all around from OG. Uh, I, I, the one thing I would say for OG and Siakam is I would like to see both of them way more on the defensive glass, especially against a team like the Pelicans who, you know, um, were very insistent on going inside. So you really, really have to make sure you, you know, you box out. And I don't think OG and Siakam necessarily always prioritize rebounding, but uh, on a night when everyone else is really struggling, I think OG and Siakam are the, the two stars. And then in terms of your third star, I mean, you can go a couple of ways. Um, I think, I think Fred Lee had some nice moments where he really pressured up on the ball, but I don't like the way Nick Nurse kept using Fred every time he, you know, he basically looks at Fred as like, um, a Patrick Beverly type where like, if a point guard's going off, you could put Fred on him, but that really doesn't really apply to some of the bigger guards in the league. Like Drew Holiday's biggest asset as a guard is that he's bigger than most point guards. Um, so when he's dominating Lowry, I don't want to see Fred Van Bleed on uh, Drew Holiday. I want to see DeLon Wright on Drew Holiday, or I want to see one of the Raptors' wings on Drew Holiday. I don't want to see Fred. That, that's not, that's not a, you know, you know. and credit Fred for picking off you know Drew for, on one of those possessions, and I think dumping it off to uh, someone else, either OG or Siakam for the finish. But, like, you know, Fred's going to have the same issues that Kyle has, right? The only thing is that Fred is going to be more dogged, you know, in terms of pressuring. And he's better against smaller guards who are quicker. Like, if, if it's like a Chris Paul type, if it's like um, an Ish Smith type, you know what I mean? Like, that's when Fred should be used. I, I don't really like the way Fred was used. And I was really conf- confused as to why DeLon didn't play more minutes tonight. I thought this was a perfect matchup for him in terms of, you know, the Pelicans have a big guard in Etwan Moore and a big guard in Drew Holiday. Like, you probably want to put your own big guard out there in DeLon Wright. And DeLon only played 16 minutes. And it wasn't because he wasn't hitting threes. He shot two or three from deep um, and was pretty active defensively. And he got 10 points in 16 minutes. So I'm going to give it to DeLon. But, um, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about – or I was not concerned. I'm just a little bit perplexed as to why uh, Nick Nurse chose to play it the way he did. But, honestly, you know – I think it's a good learning lesson. I think the Raptors can really go into practice, look at some film, and see some of the weaknesses in their defense and sort of um, proactively look to sort of address those and sort of learn to play different styles and have counters ready. Because, you know, when you're winning all the time, like, yeah, you're just going to keep running the same thing you're running all the time, and you're not going to be very productive about improving. Uh, And I think, um, you know, losses like this are really going to reveal uh, what the Raptors have left to work on. I mean, obviously, it's been a great start so far, and this doesn't really change that, but, you know, the Pelicans are... I don't know. I mean, you would think the Raptors would have won this game based on the circumstances. Again, no Miritich, no Peyton, but, um, yeah. I mean, the Raptors... It's a learning lesson, for sure. Uh, and then, in terms of your Gerald Henderson, and obviously, it has to be Etuan Moore. I mean, just any time the Raptors put Etuan Moore, just give it to Etuan Moore ahead of the game. I mean, 30 points and 13 of 18 shooting, 3 of 5 from deep. Turned into some cross between prime uh, Dwayne Wade and prime uh, Rip Hamilton. So, like a classic 2007 guard. And uh, he was dominant tonight, man. I No one can stop this man with the huge cheekbones. Um, yeah. So, anyway, that does it for the podcast. Again, you can read 10 things on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'll be back on Wednesday to recap Dwayne Casey's first homecoming as a member of the Pistons.